0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Luke Messia Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, we have a ton going on. We have two weeks left in the legislative session. So as you can imagine, there are tons of things happening. I am going to try to go through these things as quickly as possible. And then Raz is going to give us a very quick update on the federal level, getting right into it. Guys, the sales tax is dead. There was a swap plan put out there. And the reality is that in many of these situations, one of the things I say is that intent is prior to content. And um, there is a difference between taking a look at seriously moving ourselves away from the property tax system into a consumption-based or a broader-based tax collection system and legislators, you know, trying to provide relief and spend all the money they have. The legislature, as I've said time and again, has a significant amount of money, more money than they have ever had, but they want to spend it all. And so they are looking at others to kind of dig them out of that hole and still give them a, a path of property tax relief. I do think that many uh, members of the Ways and Means Committee in the Texas House are serious about decreasing our property taxes for Texans. Um, but I think that they got in a tough situation because you have big spending appropriators and they can only do so much about that. So the reality is that the sales tax is dead now. Many people have tried to blame Senator Paul Betancourt who is probably one of the smartest tax people in our state and they've tried to blame him for the death of this policy. I wanna make it really clear that a majority of legislators in the Texas House and the Texas Senate disapprove of the sales tax swap. They oppose the idea. And unfortunately, there were a number of people who wanted to push this idea, even though they could not garner even 76 votes in the House or the votes they needed in the Senate to move the legislation forward. And so they've kind of taken it out on Paul Buttencourt. And any of the followers of the legislative process would know that um, the leadership in the House took several very public swipes at Senator Betancourt, um, and, and seemingly kind of laid the blame on him for them not being able to advance um, their policy agenda. So uh, we are grateful to Paul Betancourt for his part in articulating why this was a bad idea and why Texans have plenty of opportunities for property tax relief that don't require a sales tax increase. And that's what gets us to our second point, which is that though the sales tax swap is dead, property tax relief is still alive and well. The Senate was able to put um, a growth within the property tax relief section of House Bill 3, and they were able to increase the amount of direct property tax compression from 4 cents to 10 cents, from 2.7 billion to about 5.7 billion. Those numbers have gone all over, but basically what Senator Betancourt has said is that uh, it is essentially about $250 a year of tax compression for people that own a taxable value home of $200,000. I think that would be noticeable relief that people would not only only recognize, but it would be coming from dollars we're already taking from you instead of raising a new tax to then give that money back to you. So property tax relief is still alive. House Bill three is in conference committee now, and the conferees have an opportunity to deliver that tax relief to you. Next, PRINDA, the Preborn Non-Discrimination Act, which we have talked about on this show before, is a phenomenal piece of legislation that is carried by Senator Kelly Hancock. Guys, I can't tell you how many people said this bill is not going to pass. This bill has no chance. The appetite is just not here in the legislature to take care of this. But here's the good news. It passed the Texas Senate this week, and it is now in the hands of the Texas House of Representatives. Now, this um, bill has had a hearing, so the state representatives, the the, so-called pro- life state representatives on the state affairs committee will have an opportunity to pass this legislation out of their committee and they have heard the testimony from texans who have been in these horrible situations and they have heard of the value that exists within these children's lives Um, some people know this but children in the third trimester even in texas can be aborted if they have what's called a severe fetal abnormality. And these are just very sick children, very sick children who Texas law doesn't recognize. And this bill would change that. So we now have a chance this next week, if the State Affairs Committee does not take action, we will not see this bill become law. So the State Affairs Committee will have to take action on the legislation quickly in order for Texans to have a pro-life victory. You know, this gets into um, a piece that the Texan actually wrote uh, regarding the fact that the heartbeat bill filed by Representative Briscoe Kane died in committee um, this last week. And the reality is that while states like Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana and Georgia are taking strong stands when it comes to their voice for the unborn, Texas has been largely silent this session. It is going to be very unfortunate if we literally go an entire legislative session without trying to save any more lives through the legislative process. Taxpayer funded lobbying is also legislation. A ban on taxpayer funded lobbying is legislation that is working its way through the process. It has been sent to the calendars committee. Senate Bill 29 by Bob Hall made it out of the Senate, went to the House, got referred, and out of committee and straight on to calendars. The calendars committee will have to place this bill on the calendar before the 21st. It will have to get heard and voted on before January or before May. Why did I say January? I don't know. But uh the point is it needs to get voted on before May 21st. 20- First, And you will be we will be watching that legislation that is Senate Bill twenty nine. We hope that when we are coming to you next Monday on the 20th, I guess, um, that we'll be telling you about the passage of that legislation or the fact that it's getting heard on that day. Um, So some exciting things going on for taxpayer funded lobbying ban. You know, the reality is, guys, you have cities and counties and school districts that collect your tax dollars, that then use your tax dollars to hire lobbyists who then go down to Austin and say, don't give property tax relief. It's insane. I mean, governments are using your money to fight to make sure that government gives you more money. It's insane. next but not uh, next we have the red light camera ban that actually passed out of the Texas House of Representatives and this is House Bill 1631 which will now have to make its way through the Senate bef- uh, before the end of session that was by Representative Jonathan Stickland it was a ban on um, red light cameras there was an amendment that was added on that representative Stickland fought against but it did get added on um, there were Democrats teamed up with some you know more centrist Republicans to put in a clause there that said that cities can basically keep their existing contracts in place, they just can't renew them. Um, so, you know, hopefully most of those city contracts out there are only a number of years, um, still left. And so within three, four five years, you could see red light cameras completely banned, uh, from our state, but representative Stickland did an amazing job articulating why we actually have a justice system that, um, you know, presumes you innocent, You you makes an assumption of innocence, and you do not have to prove your innocence. They have to prove your guilt and um, all sorts of other problems when it comes to uh, just the red light camera system that exists within Texas. So a ban on that has now passed out of the House, is moving its way through the Senate. Um, last but not least, uh, the Democrats killed a religious liberty legislation, House Bill 3172, in the final hours. That is legislation by Representative Matt Krause, which would just say that um, these local government entities cannot pass policies that target. Target any individual or business for their sincerely held religious beliefs or their support of other religious institutions. And this is called the Chick fil A bill because you have the city of San Antonio that targeted um, Chick fil A and kicked them out of the airport because they said that they are a bigoted company. Um, those actions cost the mayor of San Antonio his re election, uh, meaning He's now in a runoff. So he has not lost yet, but I can tell you this I do not think there's a situation in which Mayor Ron Nuremberg would uh, not have won with flying colors had it not been for his decision to attack Chick fil A and try to convince everybody that they're a bigoted organization. The truth is that Ron Nuremberg is a bigot, and he is a bigot against those with religious beliefs in his city. And so the city is starting to rise up against him. And Greg Brockhaus has taken a strong stand, is now in a runoff. If you know anybody in San Antonio, you need to contact him and tell them them to engage in their city elections there in San Antonio. Um, Democrats killed that legislation, House Bill 3172. There is a companion piece of legislation in the Senate, but I will tell you that that is going to have to move with lightning speed through the Senate in order to get to the House and get through the process in time for the deadline of May 21st. Um, and the last thing I'll tell you all is just a fun story. I call it the Tinderholt takedown. Um, Tony Tinderholt, who is a client of mine, an amazing state representative, and someone we're all proud, um, uh, many of us are proud to know, uh, killed a bill almost single handedly House Bill 4448. And uh, this is legislation that is being pushed by several drone companies and Amazon. Um, you know, many of you know that Amazon is looking at drone delivery of packages, and I think we're all pretty much huge fans of that. Um, And so in the course of that legislation, one of the things that Amazon does, which is really cool is that they take a little picture of the packages that they drop off um, outside your home, right? So when somebody drops off a little package outside your home, they take a picture, that way you can see that it's delivered well. These drones are also gonna have to take a picture of the package as well. So they said they needed some tweaks within the law um, to make those changes. And the legislation though would not just give Amazon and other companies the ability to take pictures of the package outside your home, they would give them the ability to take pictures of the entire duration of the flight. They would give them the ability to take pictures of everything around your home, of your entire property. They would take pictures of, and and many of you know this, right? But Amazon delivers all sorts of services and they love micro-targeting you with their advertising. So if their drone is flying to your house and takes a picture and notices that you have a pool, they can now start marketing your Amazon account with advertisements for pool cleaning services and a monthly subscription to the chlorine blocks you need to clean out your pool and, oh, well, it looks like you've got some a cat and let's give you some cat products and all sorts of other things. So needless to say, it's a pretty big invasion of your privacy, but one of the bigger concerns, which Representative Tinderholt raised, was the fact that the largest drone manufacturer that testified uh, on the legislation and, and has 70% of the market share when it comes to the production of these drones um, is based in China and is a company that the federal government will no longer do any work with and the last story I will tell you, which is a really fun story, is what I call the Tinderholt takedown. This is about House Bill 4448, which Representative Tinderholt, along with Representative Briscoe Kane, um, took down this or this last week, because this is Monday. So it's Wednesday, I guess. Um, but I got to tell you all about this because it's a phenomenal story and a really cool um, uh, just. Reality that if if a couple people will stand up and just say the right thing, you can actually make a pretty big difference when it comes to protecting y'all's liberty and your privacy. So House Bill 4448 makes some adjustments to the code when it comes to how drones are regulated. Um, A lot of people would tell you that a lot of these changes are being pushed by Amazon and some drone manufacturers that are pushing them just to give you an idea, you know, Amazon is now going to deliver packages via drone, which I think is awesome. Anything that gets me that package quicker, I'm a fan of, um, one of the things that Amazon currently does with this delivery trucks is that they will take a picture of packages when they're delivered to you, which is nice. Cause, um, I've had times that my neighbor always gets my packages. So like I have an apartment complex right next to me that's six, six, five, and then I'm at six, five, five, and then I own a condo and they have an apartment and they both are three Oh three. And so it's just a pain in the butt. Um, but I won't get a package. And then Amazon will say it's delivered by a look. And literally the picture is, you know, this apartment. Cause I can tell, now and the hilarious thing is this the guy who lives in this apartment never has delivered a single package to me i always have to drive over there and go hey is there a package oh yeah i'm like if i didn't come over here he would never give me my packages but the point is that the tinderholt takedown is about policy that uh amazon said they wanted to tweak so that they could have the drone take pictures of that package when they deliver it the problem is the way the language is written. They can, take pa- they can take pictures of everything the entire time they're flying, as long as they can't identify your face, which means that when these little drones are flying all over the place, they're going to be taking pictures of your house, they're going to take pictures of your yard, you're going to start getting advertisements from Amazon saying, hey, you need lawn services, here are local providers, hey, you need pool services, you have a pool, you can get on a monthly subscription of chlorine tablets, and oh, by the way, we saw the dog in your front yard, and have you considered any of these dog products and all these other things? So needless to say, it's a bit of an invasion of privacy, um, and the thing that tony tinderholt brought up to the legislature this last week was the fact that the largest manufacturer of drones that owns 70 percent of the market Um, is a company based in China. And it is a company that the United States military no longer does business with because they believe that this company is a security threat to the United States of America. And this came from information shared by uh, Congressman Lance Gooden. He sent a letter and Tony Tenderholt did his own research. And so this bill got hurt on second reading and only 30 Republican state reps voted against it. And I will tell you that those 30 Republican state reps were a lot of great conservatives who just pure and simple were not comfortable with the privacy concerns. That's probably my read on the situation. They just said, I don't care what is in this bill, is privacy concerns with people, drones taking pictures? Let's just say no. Um, but Tony Tinderel got up and and had a relatively spirited conversation with Representative Drew Springer, who authored the legislation, and said, I really want to make sure you understand my chief concerns on this bill. Um, these are some real problems that it, it gives. It's an invasion of privacy, but there's also a national security aspect. And then got up and spoke for 10 minutes on the bill. And the whole exchange lasted 12 or 13 minutes. And then there was a vote. And just to explain to everybody, bills rarely, that, that bills that pass on second reading rarely die on third reading. Okay, that just does not happen unless something changes with the bill or new information gets brought to light, which is very rare. And in this situation, though it had 30 no votes the day before, The day that Tony Tinderholt decided to take 12 minutes to talk about this bill, it got 95 no votes and the bill died. It died a very uh, by a very wide margin. And that legislation has been killed for the session. It will not be coming back. um, And we will see what type of policy gets brought brought up this this last time. But there's a lot going on in the legislature. Um, I hope you all are paying attention. My hope and prayer is that Republicans are able to pull off a couple policy wins here in the last final weeks when it comes to real property tax relief being five and a half billion dollars, when it comes to protections for the unborn, like the Preborn non-discrimination act, when it comes to a ban on taxpayer funded lobbying and red light cameras and things like that. um, This could, we could end up with a couple policy victories for conservatives in a session where we were told that there were going to be no policy victories for conservatives. So stay tuned and Raz, Just give us uh, an idea of a couple things we've got going on on the um, on the federal level.
1: Well, there are really two things that I wanted to bring up. And the the first very well ties in with a lot of those major conservative victories that we're hoping for to come out of the legislature in the next two weeks. And that's the so-called Equality Act that the Democrats in the U.S. House are pushing right now. And the so called Equality Act is is very concerning because it guts an immense amount of conscience protection that, that Christians and people of faith have regarding many activities. And it also takes a lot of the protections of doctors out. And a few of the specific ways that this is going to to har- uh, harm people is that one, it it forces doctors to uh, to to do gender transition services, to do surgeries that they believe are uh, ill advised or even harmful, to break their Hippocratic oath and actually perform these a hysterectomy on a healthy woman has no need of. It's invasive surgery that someone who wants to transition would uh, would would want, and it would take any kind of protection away from the doctors to, to deny that if they, don't, if they believe it's to the detriment of that, of, of the person they're treating. Uh, many people also believe this would actually allow doctors to be sued and perhaps to force doctors to perform abortions that do not believe that is, that is ethical or necessary. And then it also just guts a lot of conscious protections for employers, for individuals, effectively takes away a large degree of our, our civil liberties that we currently enjoy. So you know, when we're looking at the, the Chick-fil-A bill, when we're looking at a lot of these, the pre-born non-discrimination act in Texas, we're looking at stuff from the federal side that the Democrats as a core piece of their national agenda want to preempt the possibility to, to basically reverse a lot of these other states who have put these things in place and to preempt other states from putting similar conscious protections into place and protecting the unborn. Uh, It's I really encourage you guys to check out DailySignal.com. They've got an immense amount of coverage of this, talking about the details, going to way more details Mm. than we can right now. And the the background about exactly how these things would take place. It's something that's that we really need to be cognizant of Uh, right now. Thankfully, this with the in the House, whereas it it is likely to pass there because the Democrat control in the Senate. I have a high confidence level that we'll be able to stop that. And then further on, the president would never sign that. Um, That's that's great right now. Right. Well, we can have a high confidence level. This thing will not become law right now. But because it's such a central part of the Democrat agenda in the U.S. House right now and if we're on the federal side and with these people running for president, it should be very concerning. And we shouldn't assume that it's going to go away. They're put this forward knowing that it's not going to become law this, this cycle. But they want people to be voting based on this. And I think we should. I think we should be aware of what they're trying to do and that we should make cast votes in this next election based on this in large part. The second one it's fairly disappointing. It's, uh, for, for many years, uh, Republicans have fought against the Export-Import Bank. Uh, back under President Obama, it was, uh, it was thought to have been killed. It was definitely gutted. But uh, as any fan of Princess Bride knows, just because something is dead doesn't mean it's completely dead. It might just be mostly dead. And uh, disappointingly, <laughs> President Trump, uh, he nominated several people that, got, that Mitch McConnell pushed through the Senate this last week, got three more directors appointed to that, the Export-Import Bank Board, and that effectively revived uh, the, the bank. And it's it's the epitome of crony capitalism. It's very problematic, and there's a lot of great articles. You can do some quick Googling and find all the reasons why Republicans were so, uh, so strident about killing it, and it's terribly important, disappointing that the president has— uh, has really single-handedly brought this thing back. Um, he's he's somebody that, from a trade perspective, with the tariffs and with the export-import bank, is very much on the opposite side. This is one of those rare areas where I have a v- diametrically opposed view than the president, and I'm very frustrated by what he's doing. Um, and I think he needs to hear from conservatives, not just when he does things that we like, but when he does things that we don't. Doesn't mean we don't support the large part of his agenda or him personally but we as conservatives need to stand up when we see something that we believe is wrong and fight it and conservatives many people who have been incredibly supportive of president trump were, were the folks that fought to kill this thing and i'm really proud of uh folks like senator michael lee and pat toomey who have consistently been on the right side of this issue what no matter who is in the, the white house and are still standing up trying to 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 mitigate the damage this organization can cause in the future
0: you know uh bringing it back to texas i know that the uh, one of the large opponents and the the guy who might have had the biggest impact in killing the Export-Import Bank is Jeb Hensarling, um, who was a former uh, Texas congressman, former Phil Graham staffer. Lance Gooden replaced him in Congress after he decided um, to hang it up. But he was um, the chairman of financial services and really took a strong stand against the M- Export-Import Bank, which was taking our money, and it's really not our money because half of all the dollars are spent are our grandkids' money through debt, and um, was loaning it out to these other programs. I, like I said, I think Raz's point is: Google the Export-Import Bank, read what some different conservative organizations say about it. But um, that is what it is. And and on the federal level of this religious liberty and conscience protections, this is what amazes me. You know, Matt Schaaf, Matt Krause's uh, legislation with House Bill thirty-one seventy-two being killed um, by the LGBT caucus. And Julie Johnson, who is a um, member of the LGBT community and a representative from, uh, I think, Irving Carrollton area, um, you know, they sincerely object to people getting to have religious conscience protections. I mean, it is really interesting how, um, you know, people will be uh, so intolerant. Of intolerance, right? I mean, it's just the idea that um, they, they they constantly call those of faith intolerant people, but they are the intolerant ones because um, you know many in the faith community, and Chick-fil-A is a good example, right? I mean, their their public positions are are such that I mean. They're like, we hire members of the LGBT community to work for us. People get served every time they come in. You know, you can walk in, you get a smile, you get a thank you, get excellent service, delicious food. And yet we're in trouble because our CEO has a Christian faith and we have donated to organizations. I mean, the city councilman in San Antonio who targeted Chick-fil-A said one of the organizations they had donated to was the Salvation Army. I mean, that was like his target for how they're a bigoted faith-based organizations. So it's really sad um, that the Democrats have gone this far that even a basic right like religious liberty and conscience protections can't be protected by both parties. So guys, this is the real battle we're in. And it's why we come to you every single week and hope that you are more informed and more engaged and more equipped so that you can deal with what's going on. Keep your eyes and ears tuned to the legislature in the remaining two weeks of the session. And um, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. God bless you. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. Patriotacademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25-year-olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Messiah show, I will contribute toward your uh fee of actually attending if you know a student that needs to go that needs direction for their life they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview about free market economics about the values that hold society together and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community our state our nation need so patriotacademy.com we're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out please do so today Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemacias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash lukemacias.com. Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.